0: hello welcome to bible read me i'm charles van dersen today i will begin summarizing the readings beginning with april the second day 92. we read how god used gideon to deliver the israelites from the armies of midian amalek and the people of the east with only 300 men He began with well over 22,000 men, but God whittled them down so that the Israelites would recognize that it was a miracle performed by the same God that had delivered their ancestors from the overwhelming power of Egypt. The separation of men who lapped like a dog had known military significance, since no Israelite had to actually battle his enemy in the type of trickery that they were about to engage. Their opponents ultimately killed each other and or ran away in a panic because the Lord made them think that they were outnumbered. Gideon made a sacred ephod with the golden earrings plundered from the Midianites to commemorate his victory. But the people worshipped it and after Gideon died they all completely rejected God to worship baal Berith. Later, the son of Gideon's concubine killed all but one of Gideon's 70 sons and ruled as king for three years until the fulfillment of Jotham's prophetic curse. Reference, Judges chapter 9, verse 20. April the 3rd, day 93. We read more examples of the level of depravity that man will stoop when he is left alone without God's restraint. God avenged the death of Gideon's son's murderers by causing Abimelech and his subjects in Shechem to kill each other. Abimelech burned 1,000 of them alive in a tower, but as he was preparing to repeat this strategy with another tower, a wise woman took advantage of material density differences. That is, she dropped a rock on his head as he tried to light the fire. So Jotham's curse came to pass. Reference Judges chapter 9 verse 20 then the israelites totally abandoned god again and he turned them over to the philistines and the ammonites they cried out to god but he told them to try to call on their idol gods to help because he was not going to deliver them later out of grief he raised up jephthah the formerly shunned son who made the most rash and costly vow to deliver them in spite of his repugnant upbringing He knew his people's history well and made a noble but fruitless argument to settle the dispute between Israel and the king of Amnon. April the 4th, day 94. We learn the sad consequence of Jephthah's most devastatingly rash vow. He sacrificed his only daughter in exchange for a military victory. Her compliance to his foolishness accentuated her purity of heart. The fugitives from Ephraim learned too late the importance of correctly pronouncing their words well. After he and three other judges served and died, Samson came on the scene as foretold by the pre-incarnate Christ. Samson did not take seriously his heavenly bestowed talent, his divinely assigned role, his Nazarite vow, nor as being the deliverer of Israel's oppressor but God used his foolishness to accomplish his purpose, and that was to destroy many Philistines. He is the only judge who acted as a lone ranger. There's no mention of him ever rallying troops or employing an assistant. Finally, there cannot be found even one comment on his courtly behavior as Israel's judge of 20 years. Solomon was right. Wisdom is better than strength. Reference Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 16. But both of these outstanding men fell victim to the venom of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Reference 1 John chapter 2 verse 16. Samson was a man of many striking contrasts in his character. He was a type of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. As observed by Dr. Henry Lockyer, reference, All the Men of the Bible, Lockyer, 1958, page 292, April the 5th, day 95. We read how Samson's lethal vengeance stirred the Philistines' hatred for him as he could not be defeated because of his incredible strength. His weakness was in his lust for sensual pleasure and a misplaced trust in his own strength. Delilah was the agent of his greatest setback. His desire to please her more than God was his downfall that led to the recording of one of the saddest verses in the Bible, quote, but he did not realize that the Lord had left him, end quote, reference Judges chapter 16, verse 20. Ultimately, he did kill more men in his death than he did in the totality of all his conflicts. His last brief prayer was one of only two recorded from his entire lifetime where he actually employed any spiritual activity. In fact, the only other record of him even speaking the name God to anybody was when he betrayed his Nazarite secret to Delilah. Finally, the idolatrous tribe of Dan who employed Moses' grandson as their priest formerly the priest of Micah's idol in Ephraim, conquered an unsuspecting peaceful civilization and justified the practice of their pagan religion because they said that they lived too far from Shiloh to worship God. However, some time later they were glad to come to Hebron to join in crowning King David. April 6th, Day 96. We read a description of the tragic picture expressing the level of indecency of depraved Israel after years of rejecting God's laws to do what each man thought was right in his own eyes. This led to the male's severe discount of females deserved honor and respect, a perverted sense of justice, and the Israelites' discount of God's holy status to that of a good luck charm. The book of Judges ends with the grotesque result of rape, murder, injustice, human trafficking, and civil war. This depiction of Israel's debauchery is the backdrop of the story of Ruth, who turned out to be the fourth generation away from the arrival of the sweet psalmist of Israel, who, as a man after God's own heart, would be Israel's most accomplished military leader, who united the disorganized twelve tribes to rise together in history as the greatest kingdom of that era. This accomplishment was to be followed by his gifted son Solomon, who built it up further to become the historical pinnacle of Israel's human glory. April the 7th, Day 97 Sometime late in the period of the judges, a man named Elimelech moved his family to the other side of the Jordan River to wait out the severe famine in Judah. While there, he and his two sons died, widowing his wife, Naomi, and their two Moabite daughter-in-laws, Ruth, whose name means friendship, and Orpah, whose name means stubborn, both descendants of Lot's incestuous offspring. Ruth joined Naomi's broken-hearted return to Bethlehem, her hometown where it was discovered that prosperous Boaz could be the family's kindred redeemer. Because of her unyielding devotion to Naomi, her faith in God, and her diligent work ethic, the Lord blessed Ruth with success by orchestrating her marriage with Boaz. This couple became the great-grandparents of King David and claimed a place in the ancestral line to Jesus. April the 8th, Day 98 We read many genealogies that bridge the generations from Judah to David. Among them is the brief mention of Honorable Jabez and his famous prayer that God answered by prospering him. This prayer was recently employed to create a briefly popular prayer formula, Hysteria, among many professing Christians. Finally, we read the story about how Baron Hannah was brokenhearted over being ridiculed by Elkanah's other wife, who had borne him children. It is this familial tension that set the scene for the unusual birth and rearing up of Israel's final judge, Samuel. It was a common misconception, pardon the pun, in ancient Israel that barren women were out of favor with God. This ends this week's reading. My next podcast episode will begin on April the 9th, day 99. I look forward to your visit then. May God bless you.